I would love everyone that walks in here not to have to walk in here next week because they have moved out of poverty. That's the end game. And that's a very hard, slow process. So it's not just about giving food because ultimately that's not moving someone out of poverty. everyone, Colt Turnbull with Coraline Advice Givers, where we interview Coraline business owners, entrepreneurs, and thought leaders to bring Coraline residents the best advice from our community's brightest minds. Today, I'm excited for my guest, Leslie Orth, who's the Executive Director of the Post Hall Food Bank, where their mission is to provide relief from poverty and hunger to those in need through a united community effort. Each month, they have around 3,500 check-ins and, what do you say, 100 uh, 75 to 100 families 7,500 a day. A day. Yeah. Well, that's the introduction to Leslie. We thank <laughs> you for joining us. Thank you. Um, before we dive into the food bank, you want to share with us how you got to where you're at today? Sure. I was a stay-at-home mom, raised three boys, decided I wanted to go do something. My degree's in communications and wasn't sure what that looked like. And one day I walked into a local nonprofit when my youngest was 15 and handed them a bag of groceries and said, may I volunteer? One month later, I was working full-time as the assistant to the director, Lutheran Social Services. And four years later, I was area director for that office, that site, plus the North Los Angeles site. This was all in Southern California. And then my husband and I fell in love with North Idaho, knew we wanted to go uh, up here. And I continued being the grants manager for Lutheran Social Services for about a year. And then one day, the uh, position for executive director of the Post Falls Food Bank came across my desk. And I immediately deleted it because I don't do food. Uh, My background at that point was homeless services, emergency shelters, transitional living programs. And about a month later, it popped up again. So I gave a big sigh and said, all right, I'll put my my resume in, what can it hurt? And um, two weeks later, I was offered the position and I've never looked back. The minute I walked in this uh, facility, I knew uh, just based on the people that were here, staff and guests, uh, this is where I was supposed to be. I was going to ask, you know, what was it that made you click, you know, when you walked in the doors of the food bank? But, you know, like you said, just when you walk in, meeting the people, and kind of seeing what this place is all about, you you knew you were at home? I had always thought social services to be about getting someone housed, someone who was in severe crisis at that moment, stabilizing them. When I came in here, I saw we were feeding people, but I saw the same people I had been working with. It reminded me that the need is more than just one thing. And the food bank is a great place to be able to connect with families in poverty, with individuals in poverty that absolutely need assistance and guidance and support. And it's uh, it's not just about handing them a bag of food and saying bye-bye. Absolutely not. That is just what brings them in the door. So that'll kind of segue us into a little history. Let's get a little history of of the Post Falls Food Bank. It started 30 years ago. 
Um, I talked to the pastor of Calvary Lutheran, who is now retired down in South Idaho, and he said that they had a little food program over Christmas holiday because there are a lot of seasonal workers up here. So wintertime is is a, a lean time for a lot of local families. And this was back in the 80s. And so they had a couple shelves on a bookcase in the office, the church office, and they had people bring food in, canned food, and then they distributed it to some families in the area they thought needed it. And then he had a thought to go and follow up with these families in February. And consistently, he would walk into homes and peek in their cupboards, and there was nothing there. So he scratched his head and said, wow, this need is more than just at Christmas. And so they started filling their little bookcase in the church office, you know, occupying more and more of the shelves. From there, it grew. The Kiwanis Club came in and they supported it. And another local church supported it. And it evolved. And the next thing you know, they're in their own building and then another building. And then finally here, where, as you mentioned, we serve 32 to 3,500 individuals every month. And we process a million and a half pounds of food every year. It's a lot of food. Yeah. But you guys are, uh, you know, just going through your walkthrough back there in the, in the market, I think is I would refer that to. It's clear that you guys, I'm not familiar with a whole lot of other food banks, but that you guys are unique as far as a food bank goes is that you do, you don't just give, you know, people a box of food to say, here you go, you know, here's your, here's your canned goods and whatever you actually, they have a, you have a point system, correct? That uh, you want to maybe share with us why the point system and how that works and how it's actually kind of affected the community. Gladly. We don't do government commodities. That is true. Uh, Government commodities look like big boxes of uh, things called pork and juices. I know that firsthand because I've seen them. Just generic corn and, and vegetables. It is not a box of something that I personally would want to take home to my family. So again, we don't take government commodities. In fact, we take no government money at all, which is why our mission statement says it's a community effort. Without the businesses and the individuals in Kootenai County, we stop. So we are only run because of their support. That's it. No taxpayer money. When you're given something with nothing, with no value attached to it, it doesn't have a lot of meaning. That's true for all of us. And uh, the culture of poverty is, is such a hard place to be on so many levels. You can imagine walking into a place, needing food and having someone give you a box of what they determine you need. Well, you may have diabetes or you may have high cholesterol or you may just hate Brussels sprouts, but you don't have a choice. And when we, as people lose choice, we lose a lot of other things. And one of them is dignity as a human being. So we decided to go to a market where every single person has a choice and a responsibility. We give them points because that's part of the responsibility. You choose the kind of food you want, how you want to spend your points, how many points you want to spend during a shopping visit, and you budget them throughout the month. It's a very good practice for all of us. So we're just helping critical thinking skills. Again, if you are gluten intolerant or diabetic, we do have sections for that. So you can come in and walk up and down our little aisles and pick what 
you like. I love ranch dressing, but I don't like Italian dressing. Okay, you get to make that choice. And also, I know on, you know, talking to you on the points is that you guys know that it's necessary that people get, you know, fresh vegetables, fresh fruits, that sort of thing. And therefore, you don't assign point totals to that. Thank you. But you assign, you know, maybe this stuff, cookies, that Mm -hmm. sort of stuff that, that maybe people shouldn't be eating as much of, you know, receives a higher point value. Yeah, you bring up a very good point. Statistically, people in poverty, people think, oh, they're starving. No, they're not starving, but they're nutritionally impoverished. So they are very malnourished. Um, quite often, um, families that come in here, they're struggling with obesity, which is uh, interesting. But as I shared with you, if a family has $50 to spend at the grocery store, you don't go and hang out in the produce section. It's too expensive. It doesn't go far. You go to the dried foods, the processed foods, the the foods of less nutritional value. So we get an abundance of beautiful produce in here from the markets. And the volunteers process that produce, pick out the fuzzy strawberry or the squished tomato, put the beautiful produce on our shelves. And that is the one area of the market where everything you look at is zero points, zero limit. And as you said, a box of cookies will be four points, but across the aisle, a bin of apples will be zero point. And I see every one of our families, half of their carts are filled with fresh produce. And um, that's huge. They're taking that home and preparing meals for their families, with those good items, which is a good segue to a nutritional class that we are providing right now. It's a six series class. It talks about healthy food prep and smart food choices and all the basic things that we think everyone knows, but we don't. If you weren't taught, you don't know it. And these are um, ideas about how to prepare great meals with not a lot of money that taste delicious and are healthy for you. At the end of the class, the six classes, the food bank will give the families a brand new crock pot. So a lot of the neat meals that you chop and prepare, you throw in in the morning and you come home from work and you've got a great meal waiting for you. That probably costs you pennies to make. How do people go about finding out about these classes? Who's eligible? Mm-hmm. Um and where where do they take place? Who teaches right. them? Yeah. We have a partnership with Eat Smart Idaho, which is a program through the University of Idaho Extension. And it's a fabulous program. They're the ones that put our signs up in the market that tell you where the fruit section is and the vegetable section and where the proteins are. Um, they put recipe cards in our lobby, which have recipes. Um, again, great meals. Most of the ingredients you will find in our food market, um, they're cost effective and they are good for you. And I know firsthand I've tasted them. They're yummy. Eat Smart Idaho also comes into our food bank lobby, usually twice a month, sets up a table and they prepare a dish, again, based on what we have in abundance. So we may have a ton of sweet potatoes and they'll prepare this really great dish and they will have samples out here for the guests. So when the guests come in to shop, they get a sample and the recipe and they can go back there and buy the ingredients if they like what they taste. Kind of like Costco where you get the little, little samples of food. And it's, you know, it's evident that, you know, the cooking class, you guys care a lot about the community. And like you said, it's not just, you know, people that have, that need a food bank usually have other issues. That and it's clear um, that you guys are 
open to helping people out with those and maybe what are some other programs or or ways that you guys have helped um, those in need? These are true circumstances that I think most people in Kootenai County would be uh, surprised and saddened to hear about. But we work closely with our middle school and high schools, and we do supply pantries in the middle and high schools with food because there are a lot of kids that are going home um, to houses that don't have much, if anything at all. So the food they get is what they get at the schools. And on the weekends, it's it's every man for himself. So one of the staff at the school, a high school, has uh, brought in several students throughout the past two years since I've been here. And these are students that have a variety of circumstances they're dealing with. One uh, young lady is living with her mother in a garage. And literally, it's a garage. It's not a converted house. It's a garage. And the mother has mental illness. And so the young gal is caring for herself and her mom. And she gets food from the food bank. And she's 16 and having to get her food here. And so she's carrying a lot of burdens other than just the food. We have another another gal, young gal, and she's 15. And um, there's four kids in their family. And the mom and dad, um, they see them about every three days. They live in the basement of a home. And the youngest is a grade schooler. And this gal gets her youngest sister ready for school, gets her to school, and then she goes off to school. And they basically are on their own. They care for themselves. So she comes in here, and we've sat just like you and I are sitting across from each other and talked and gone into to depth about her life and challenges and the resources that are out there in the community. And um, I helped her shop because she had never been grocery shopping in her life. She just didn't know what to get, how to do it. And interestingly enough, the thing she was most excited about was the bags of chopped fresh veggies. My boys would have rolled their eyes and said, please don't make me eat that. And yet she said, my little sister is going to love this. These are her favorite things. She doesn't get them. So she knows you come back every week. You call me. You call the resource specialist. If there is anything you need, if we can help you in any way, whether it's clothing or if you need uh, a ride somewhere, I want you to call and let us know. And we will make sure you have it. Um, so again, going back to the people that come in here, it's not just adults that are struggling. Um, we see kids, you know, young adults. We see teenagers. We have a program called uh, Weekend Backpack Program, and we provide uh, healthy, nutritious kits um, that our volunteers assemble. We purchase the food, they assemble it, and then it gets distributed to the elementary schools in the community. And about 120 kids take home these kits over the weekend. And again, it's not that there is no food in their home but they may be having saltine crackers for dinner. So there's not uh, the right food. And the reasons for this, there, there's a variety. It could be extreme poverty. It could be mental health. Parents maybe are not well. It's drug abuse. Unfortunately, we have a lot of substance abuse in every community, and the kids are the ones that suffer, obviously, from that. So this is a way to ensure that they have some solid food over the weekend. 
it's, you know, it's easy to kind of forget about those kids. I was fortunate enough, you know, to always have good meals and, and, you know, fridge full of groceries, but it's easy to forget that there's a lot of kids out there that aren't as fortunate. One thing that's easy to forget is the nutritional value that that brings to the kid. It, it carries over, you know, into their personal lives and, you know, the nutrition, their learning abilities suffer because, you know, they're hungry. They can't focus. You know, they might act out that sort of thing. It all stems usually from nutrition, right? Which you guys kind of help, help yeah. tackle that, which is awesome. If you could go back to before you started at the Post Office Food Bank, uh, what advice would you give yourself or, or what would you do differently? I would have uh, reminded myself it wasn't something that I had to learn anew, but it was reminding myself that when one is in a social service position where you are targeting a segment of our population to help, that you have to create involvement. They have to have buy-in. They've got to be be participants. It cannot be a one-sided give because it hurts. It hurts the people that you're serving. And what that looks like um, as far as, you know, two-way is exactly what we did. So I think it just was a reminder to me that provide accountability and provide resources and be willing to develop a relationship where they can walk with you through those resources. Because the end game is here. I would love everyone that walks in here not to have to walk in here next week because they have moved out of poverty. That's the end game. And that's a very hard, slow process. So it's not just about giving food because ultimately that's not moving someone out of poverty. It's all the other holistic things that we do, the classes, the education, the budgeting, every piece that we give them increases the chances of their children not following in the generational poverty. It's clear, you know, going back to the point system is that it it's important that you guys are trying to get people to not walk back through those doors. And by helping them, you know, make decisions, you know, in more of a controlled environment, such as, you know, point of one, two, three or four, um, that probably does show leaps and bounds. Is there any have you guys had any feedback on that system of how it's maybe helped someone that at one point couldn't shop at the grocery store and now it's like night and day difference? A daily. Every single person that comes in here, if you are here, you will hear them express the gratitude of, I can pay my electric bill because I used the food bank this week. And what's nice is that they know they can come every week, but some families only come when they have to. And I think that speaks to the families, that they are really making a concerted effort to find ways to pull themselves out of their situation. But they know that we are always here. And if they need to come in, no questions asked, you come in and you get the food, you're registered, you come in, you work this the point system and you get what you need. If you have a problem, if you have a, a question about a mental health issue or a financial concern, or a housing concern. We have resources, and we will work with you. We will sit and work one-on-one with you to help resolve those. Um, you've been involved in 
numerous nonprofits through you and you're in Southern California and now up here. Um, what accomplishment or feat are you most proud of and why? I think it's neck and neck. We started and I ran a transitional living program in a very bad area of a town called Ventura, California, that just got wiped out with wildfires. But we took an old motel that was kind of a a drug prostitution den. It was a huge blight on the city, and it was literally across the street from the beach in what should have been a lovely area. So we took that, and we partnered with about 30 churches, and they adopted a room in this hotel. Everybody adopted a room, every church. And we refurbished the rooms and we put families. These typically were homeless women with one or two kids and homeless might've meant they were staying in a motel. They were living in their cars or they were sleeping on someone's couch. And we put them in our transitional program and we worked with them for 18 months to two years, case managed weekly And the end result was they were earning income sufficient to support themselves and their kids. And they were living in their own place and they were not needing public assistance. And to me, that was a huge, huge accomplishment. Again, end game is to move someone out of poverty. Mm -hmm. And the other, I can't even say it was my great accomplishment because it was in the works before I came here was converting the food bank to a market. Because that has affected everybody who walks through the store dramatically. Could you, maybe to piggyback off that, maybe what challenge or struggle have you gone through in you know running a nonprofit that has made you or the food bank grow? I mean, I learn way more when I struggle and fail or lose than I do when I win. So, Absolutely. Uh, yeah. You know, what, what have you guys taken from from losing or, or challenges here? The challenge has been, and we were not prepared for this, um, the level of work that's required to run a market as opposed to running a food bank. Um, it isn't, as I, we talked about earlier, putting commodities in a box and giving them to someone when they walk in. It's absolutely different. We are really running a small mom and pop market. And all the challenges that go with that, we deal with. We have had to triple our need for volunteers. Because again, we could not open those doors if we didn't have the volunteers. We are a staff of six and every staff member is running full throttle Monday through Friday. And we have about 50 volunteers a week. And I was not prepared for that. I did not think it would be that much more work. It is worth every additional bit of energy we put into it. The The best way I can describe the positive throughout all this hard work is when we had a, a mom come in and I asked her what she thought about the new market. And she said, this is the first time I've been in a food bank where I haven't felt bad about being poor. And that's all I needed to hear. Yeah. It, you know, gives, gives you the freedom to make the choices and that that's awesome. And that's what makes you guys so unique as a food bank. And, you know, it's hard to find. So I, I applaud you for taking that, you know, initiative to turn it into more of a market. And if you could get one message out to the community uh, about the Post Hall Food Bank, what would that message be? We're not just a food bank. We change people's lives in a variety of ways. And if you have never walked in a food bank, as I had not prior to this job, 
you need to come through and see what we do. You will be changed when you leave here. Five minutes will change your world. Yeah, change my world. I, I'd never been in a food bank before this morning. So walking in here and just seeing some of the folks waiting outside, you know, for the doors to open. And it's a Monday morning. I, I imagine, you know, Mondays are probably a pretty busy, busy time for you guys. Um, if someone needs, you know, either needs assistance with food or wants to volunteer and, you know, come help out the food bank, how, how do they go about doing that? Just pick up the phone. Our number is 773-0139-208 area code. Pick up the phone. I have a volunteer coordinator. Um, we can give you all the information you need, or you just walk in our doors Monday through Friday, and we will help you sign up if you want to shop in the food bank, or we will help you sign up if you want to volunteer in the food bank. And then same thing if someone wants to contribute, um, you know, say food or, or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm sure you guys are always looking for for help. You know, any any which way you can get yeah, it. Um, absolutely. One thing I that kind of spaced my brain that I want to dive back on and just touch on is that kind of the the circle of life that uh, you guys have going on here with uh, walk walking through the market back there, where you know you have all this food coming in from all these grocery stores and you know wholesalers and and all this stuff from around, but you don't just take like the produce, you know, you got the gals back there chopping up the brown lettuce and getting rid of it. And you guys are recycling that and putting it actually back out and doing, doing more good with, you know, with maybe the stuff that's not, you want to maybe share on that. Yeah. About 10 years ago before grocery rescue was established, literally tens of millions of pounds of food went into our landfills. And when I see what comes off big blue, our rescue truck, and it's beautiful food. It just, it breaks my heart that this was going to waste. But still, that being said, there is waste. There is some foods that come in that you and I will not want to eat. And those foods go in a big bucket. And we give them every day at the end of the day to our local farmers. And they give them to their livestock. So the chickens and the pigs and the goats are all eating good food. And it's saving our farmers probably a thousand dollars a month in feed. So we have, we have a list of farmers that would like to come in here and uh, pick up our food every day. And we know we're blessing them and we're, they're, we're making for happy pigs. And mm-hmm. uh, yeah. Yeah. Making you know good bacon. <laughs> I was going to say, and then happy people, <laughs> you know, exactly. Good bacon burgers. It yep. all comes full circle. Uh, we appreciate it. It's definitely interesting, you know, getting to, getting to know you, Leslie and, a lot about the food bank. Uh, is there any lasting thoughts or impressions you'd like to leave with the community? Food banks aren't just food banks. Um, we're, we're not just about food. And I think that's important to know that we are, we're here to help anybody who needs it, who's struggling in poverty in a variety of different ways. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you very much.